Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons and I'm coming to you again from the sanctuary at Legacy Church in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. And you are welcome here anytime. We're having services together. We've got a growing local church family. We've got a growing global family and we want you to be a part of it as well. And speaking of growing, that's what the Lord's talking to us about over the last several weeks. And if you've been watching this broadcast, you've heard me talk about the plan to expand. And we see that here in the book of Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings and do not spare. Lengthen your cords for you shall expand. I believe he's talking to you right now. You shall expand. Who, me? Yeah, you shall expand. You got to get expansion on your heart. You got to get expansion on your mind. Because if you're not thinking it, then you're not thinking big enough. If expansion's not in your heart, then you're not believing big enough. God has a plan for you, your family, your business, your ministry to expand. We're not called to just stay where we are. He's called us to enlarge the place of our tent. And right now, that's what we're doing as a local family and as a global family. He's given us the plan to expand. The plan to expand inside. There's some room in this building that needs to be expanded for more families to come. He's talking to us about expanding outside. We've got to increase our parking capacity and improve the safety on the roads. We're excited about doing that. So we're talking about expansion inside and outside and in addition to those things, worldwide. Worldwide expansion because we are a local church with a global call. And a part of that global expansion is what you're witnessing right now, the outreach of Legacy Television, a ministry that Sarah and I have had together for a number of years, but both of us sense it in our hearts so strongly, it's time for this thing to expand. It's time for this thing to reach more people in more places more often. So we're making investments right now into some new technology, into some new uh, gear for the television broadcast, for the music of Legacy Church, to, to get outside these four walls and be a blessing to people all over the world, people just like you. Listen, let's get into the Word together, and I'll be back at the end of this broadcast. In John chapter 14, hold your place here in John 11. We'll put this on the screen. Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. Now, that seems so backwards to us, doesn't it? Well, didn't he love us first? yes. But not until you respond with your love to him do you get access to what that love can do and what that love can show. He said, if you love me, he who loves me will keep my commandments. The one who keeps my commandments is he who loves me. He will be loved by my father. I'll love him. But listen to this. And manifest, and manifest manifest God on display, manifest myself to him. The Amplified Bible says the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. In other words, he's not all talk, not just a bunch of I love you talk. 
It's the one who really loves me and whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. I too will love him. Listen, and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. How many of you know when the glory of God filled that temple and the fire came down from heaven, God was real that day. There wasn't anybody in that congregation going, is there a God? I know we talk like there's a God, but is there really a God? When he's on display, he's real. I'll show myself. I'll reveal myself. I'll manifest myself to him. I'll make myself easily seen by him. Now you, you answer me this, what possible thing could be going on in your life that a manifestation of Jesus wouldn't fix? Huh? What, what could you be dealing with that more of Jesus wouldn't just take care of? I thought we we're talking about the glory. Yes. Yes. He is the brightness of his glory. That's what he's talking about. If you love me, You'll be loved and you'll see the glory. You'll see the glory. What's that, what's that love doing? It's opening the door. What's that honor doing? It's opening the door. And you could tell his disciples were struggling with this because one of them said to him, how are you going to... How are you going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? You can tell he's got that, that frame of mind that the glory, that's fire, right? So how are we going to see it, but not everybody else is going to see it. But Jesus answered him and said, if you love me, anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. Or you could say, when we're welcome into that home, that becomes ours. That house becomes our house. We come and we make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. So back to John 11. It says that verse five, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. Can you see the connection that his love for them is what put him there that day. Well, where'd that love come from? They loved him. They loved him. I like this verse six. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. <laughs> now that's not our response, is it? Man, when you hear somebody you love is sick, if you're not watchful, this little panic thing tries to set in. Oh, we got to go. Come on, come on. We got to go right now, right now, right now. The clock's ticking. We got to get there. We got to get there. Why? Acting like that, you may not say it, but your actions say, I'm God. And if I'm not there, how can I fix it? But take a lesson here from Jesus. When he heard that the one who he loved was sick, what did he do? Nothing for two days. Two days. Now that takes discipline of the flesh. It takes the crucifixion of the flesh. And it, what he's really doing is being still and acknowledging that God is God. Be still and know that I'm God and you're not. Be still. 
And on top of that, sickness doesn't tell Jesus where to go. Jesus tells sickness where it can go. But his life is not motivated and moved by sickness. If you go somewhere because sickness told you to go there, you are not led by the Spirit. Sickness doesn't tell him where to go. Good preaching, Pastor. I know, it's so, so rich. Thank you, Lord. And then after, it says in verse 7, he said to the disciples, let's go to Jerusalem again, or Ju Judea again, excuse me. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? Can you see what's going on here? This is a trap. Satan's trying to lure Jesus into a trap. This is another reason to sit still. What if he had jumped and run, jumped and ran? Who knows who he could have met along the way? But just sitting still. Let's the Lord, let's the Father choreograph things for you. You don't want to be in a place before you're supposed to be there. You want to be there at the right time, in the right place, doing the right thing. Disciples said to him, they're trying to stone you. You going again? He said, there, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light's not in him. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. His disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. You don't need to go. They're going to try to stone you. Let him rest. But Jesus, verse 13, however, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, dude, Lazarus is dead, okay? And I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And the 11 looked at him and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> Quit trying to sound so smart. That's what I would have said. So when Jesus, verse 17, came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Don't you love it? Ran to him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Careful about blaming God for stuff. If you had not been here, he would not have died. But she kind of saved herself here, verse 22. Even now, though, I know whatever you ask God, he will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said, no, 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 you don't get it. I am. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. This resurrection you're talking about in the last day. I am it. I am him. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes 
in me. Though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, here's this question. You ready? Do you believe this? What's that matter? Evidently, it does. It matters. Do you believe this? He asks. Now, if he's just going to do what he came to do, what is the point of asking her? Huh? What does it matter? Now, there's a lot about this I don't claim to know and understand. And I do know that people have their own walk with the Lord and they have their own relationship with God and, and you can pray for them and your faith is effective. And I believe to a degree, but you can never override the will of another person. But at the same time, Jesus is still looking for access into this situation. Now, you can't go talk to Lazarus. You can't say, Lazarus, do you believe I'm the resurrection? The time for that's gone. So who's he talking to? Family. Anybody in here have any family? Don't underestimate the open door that you are to your family. You may not be able to change a will. You, you may not and probably shouldn't try to argue and reason and debate. But what you can do is pray. What you can do is go before the Lord in faith and in honor. And you ask the Lord, I'm asking you to receive my faith. I'm asking you to receive my honor as an open door of access into my family. Or else why is he asking her, do you believe this? Now you may be sitting there going, well, you know, I believe in Jesus and I believe God, but faith to raise the dead? Faith? I don't know if I've got that kind of faith. I don't know if I've got, you know, resurrection from the dead kind of faith. I mean, that's, that's Brother Copeland. That's Brother Keith. That's, that's this one and that one. What did Jesus ask her to believe? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me. That's what he's asking you to believe. And you're going, I can do that. <laughs> Listen to what she said. He said, do you believe this? And she said in verse 27, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the son of God who's come into the world. I don't have dead raising faith. Do you have salvation faith? Do you have John 3, 16 kind of faith? Because that's all she said she believed. I believe you're the Christ. And evidently, that was good. <laughs> evidently, said Jesus said, I'll take that. I can, I can work with that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, she'd said these things. She went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher's come. Now, why is this a secret? Because there's people here that are looking for him to kill him. 
That's what's going on in all this. So she comes back in and secretly tells her sister, you know who. So as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Jesus had not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose quickly and went out, followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Uh-uh, she wasn't, you're wrong. <laughs> then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, what'd she do? Fell down at his This woman lives at the feet of Jesus. Do you? Can anybody sense this getting heavier? Yeah. Here we are talking about these things and what's happening. The room is changing. It, it's not a topic of conversation anymore, church. He's here. Thank you, Lord. He's here. She fell down at his feet saying, saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Again, here's this thing that's proven to us. This is not just some, some mechanical thing that Jesus is going to do. Oh yeah, raising the dead, you bet, no sweat. There's things going on in the spirit. There's a groaning there's a travailing, how do you say it? There's a heaviness on the inside of him. He senses the weightiness of this and what this is going to take. There's a groan in the spirit. He was troubled and he didn't get drawn into this conversation. If you were here, if you were not here, this would have happened. Maybe it wouldn't have happened. What'd he say? Where'd you put him? Where'd you lay him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. And the Jews who've been wrong about everything said, see how he loved him? This weeping was not grief. It wasn't grief. This isn't about Lazarus dying. He's, he's troubled in his spirit. He's groaning in his spirit. Remember what's going on all around him. People are looking for an opportunity to seize him, to, to kill him. And you know the end of this story, but if you keep reading in, the, in this chapter, it was this event that got back to the religious leaders and they said, he's got to go. And they began right there, plotting a way to kill him. And I believe Jesus knows it. He's standing there at that grave and he knows. If I raise this man up, this man up, I'm a dead man. Literally, the nail. This is what's going on in him. And it's this travailing, and it's in the spirit, and there's a heaviness to it. And he's weeping. Oh, look how he loved him. Shut up. Y'all don't know nothing about what's going on. It's this, this weight that's in him that's about to come out of him. It's this inner glory 
that if he calls this man forth, there will be such a manifestation of the life and presence of God that it will shoot into that dead, lifeless body and there'll be life in it. But it seals his own fate. And so what's he do? He's standing there and it's heavy on him. And that's when he again groaned in himself. And finally he looked up and he said, take away the stone. This is happening. Take away the stone. Prophetic, isn't it? Of what they would be saying about him in just a matter of days. The stones rolled away. Take away the stone. Lord, he stinks. But it's been four days. What did I just tell you? Didn't I tell you? If you'd believe. I don't know if I can believe all that. Do you believe he's the Christ? Yes. Okay. Stay with that. And if you'll believe that. You'll see the glory. You're going to see the glory. Take away the stone. Did I not tell you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? And they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. I thank you. You've heard me. You always hear me. Verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Here comes that eternal, that exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Glory to God. That's what Jesus is saying this morning. Loose him. Let him go. You've been walking around with grave clothes on. Loose him and let him go. Whatever in you has died or been dying, I command it now in Jesus' name, the glory of God to be poured out in you. This is the hope. This is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope, the expectation, believing to see the glory of God. And David said, I'd have fainted. I would have given up. I would have lost heart if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.